Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! Welcome to the show, Plotsam Podcast Tools Tuesdays. Feeling good today. I'm excited. Really excited about today's show. So much to look forward to because I got a draft this weekend that's coming up. Yippee! Yay! Garf is here. This isn't a happy sound. I think this is left over from the last show we did, the Prospects Power. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, dude. Anyways, Great Lakes Area Roto League, GLARF. Been doing it for a couple years now. It's a part of Earth. If you've never heard of it, it encompasses many leagues all across the country. The regional league set up by each region. And the goal is to like get people to come together and actually draft in person and hang out. And that's what's going to happen. We're going to Cleveland, the city of Cleveland. Very excited about it. It's going to be a good time. You know, Cleveland and Detroit, they're basically the same city. And they try to separate themselves from one another, saying, "Oh, you suck more. You suck more. You're a shittier. You're you're more uh, abandoned than we are." And you know, we're all the same. We're all equals. We're all living through the same Rust Belt nightmare that a lot of other cities have come to uh, struggle through. So just don't forget that. But I don't care about any of that right now because what I care about is I'm looking my I'm looking mighty lonely. I'm not lonely. I'm excited. Chad's here in the live chat. Jump in the live chat. Two L's, two Z's. Make sure you sub. Give me two. Follow all the things that are natural to, you know, following on social media. I think I don't have to repeat myself at this point because we got a Discord and we got a Patreon. And the draft this weekend is a 15-team Roto League. No trades. It is on NFBC. And, you know, with that, let's fire up the tunes here. It's business time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. So the business time section of today's show, I want to make it clear that Palazzo Podcast Invitational is back. It's going to go down. I've spoken behind the scenes with the new guy who's the admin running the show over there at the NFBC. And... Jeff's a good dude. I had a nice conversation with him, and I told him, uh, you know, we we like to get things going, and he seemed open to it. So we'll finalize that, and then we'll make it happen. So we're going to do the Palazzo Invitational, the fourth year we're doing this, which has always been a draft and hold 
50 rounds, do or die. That's right. Never say die, but you're kind of locked in on 50, so it is do or die. Hey there, MJ. I think fantasy sports comes in waves. You think so? Is that true? I know this. Everything that happened with the NFBC, you know, it's it's not a it's not a situation that was ideal, but it happened. But the integrity, I think, is sound. I feel confident. Plus, I'm really big on second chances anyway, so I wasn't going to, like, hold it against them forever. Shit happened. And it's real shit, and there could be stuff that happens down the road. I have no idea what will happen going forward. It's not really my business anymore. It never was. I was really shocked when it happened, so I definitely reacted from a personal aspect of knowing the person, you know, who kind of set that in motion. But... Lots of podcast invitational. Had 90 teams last year. We had six leagues. We've had multiple overall champions. You know, Richard Sands, where are you at? Zach Nelson, a couple of guys who can say they laid claim to the overall title. And I want to see who's going to do it in year four. So I think next week we're going to open up the first league. I'll finalize that with Jeff and we'll get it rolling. And of course, Discord, Twitter, you know where to find us. We'll set up the link. It'll always be very easily accessible. I'm very pleased to get this thing going. It's February. It's just the right time. You know, I'm not much of a January drafter. I'm just not. I've learned that over the years. It's too early for me. February is somewhat pushing it, but I don't... You know, I'm not thrilled that the Glarf draft is in February. I wish it was a couple weeks from now. But hey, when everybody's got the schedule that is most ideal for everyone to come together in the city of Cleveland. Cleveland! LeBron James style, or if you prefer, whatever the Cavaliers are now. uh, The Browns or Cavs? Who are better? What's the best team sports-wise in Cleveland right now? And which team is the biggest embarrassment? I mean, the Guardians are solid. Terry Francona's gone. The Browns had a Joe Flacco run that was completely shut down by none other than Joe Flacco himself in the playoffs. And then the Cavs have actually been pretty good. If you don't watch NBA, you might be missing out. It's been pretty interesting to see that. So I can't wait to talk about all that. I'll be live on the scene when the draft starts at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, February 10th. And uh, maybe I'll throw a few videos out there. I'll talk about some of my picks along the way. I'm still not fully functioning and ready to rock for this thing, but I don't really have a choice. Me and Leanne will be driving across the turnpike and expecting to get a ticket because we have Michigan plates, which is always a running gag here in the Michigan-Ohio region. Oh, those cops love those people with Michigan plates. You know how many people with Michigan plates go on the turnpike every damn day and don't get tickets? Totally overhyped. Totally overhyped. You can lock that shit in. But yeah, so Glarf will be fun. I'm excited about it. And so is the Palazzo Podcast Invitational. Of course, we got FTM Fantasy, me and Vlad and so many cool dudes over there. Mike, the new guy on the scene, Mike Baker, he's a really cool dude. I've been chatting with him a little bit. Real strict NFBC-only player, but a real sharp guy. And of course, Crossed Up, Eric Cross, we say farewell. So long, farewell. A fuse and goodbye to Maddie Davis, Maddie Wood, who will no longer be working with us at FTN Fantasy. He announced his departure recently, but he's going to be in the Glaft draft, and I'm going to see him when I go to Cleveland. So he's still part of Glaft. Glaft? Hefty, hefty? Wimpy, wimpy. Glad or Glarf? What do you got? Call now. 734-489-3224. Taking your calls live here. Actually, we're not really taking calls at all, I don't think so. Hey, Mike's here. What's up? This is our buddy, Mike Virginia. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Give him a shout out. He's a good dude. He'll be back on the show next week. What's up, brother? Sorry I couldn't be there with you today. It's all good. I'm feeling just fine. Jamie wants to know, where you drafted O'Neal Cruz? Second, third? That high? You think O'Neal Cruz is a second or third round pick? I'm not so sure about that. We'll talk about that. 
Today's show is about keepers, right? So I wanted to talk about keepers, how we do keeping, and we'll get into that momentarily in leading off. But make sure you check out FTNFantasy.com. Vlad Sadler's VDP rankings are worth it. Sign up for this sub. I'm telling you, it's not something you want to live without this season. If you're a serious player, even a, a modest enough player who wants to win, it's definitely worth your time. FTNFantasy.com. These people are here to help you. I want to help you. Vlad wants to help you. Eric, Mike, Adam, everybody there wants to help and make a difference. We got a good squad, and it will be useful to you if you like fantasy baseball. Go Tigers. And go Tigers. That's right. I did a Tigers little breakdown on the last episode of the Prospects Power Hour where we're doing the next big three prospects and we did the Tigers, Dodgers, and Mets. Make sure you check out that episode. Hit the like button, blah, blah, blah. You know the details. You know what to do. And uh, I think that's pretty much it right now. I think that's all the news that's fit to print in the business time. So thank you very much for being here. You got more questions, we can jump in the live chat and talk about it here on the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's and two Utah. Give me two. These. All right, let's get into leading off. Okay, so in leading off today, oh, Chad says, I can't believe we all had injury news already. Are you referring to Mr. Marsh? Brendan Marsh? Good. Our first catch of the day. On today's first catch of the day, uh, Brendan Marsh is going to be out for a bit here, so it's disappointing news for those of you that thought he was somebody you were down with. As Chad says in the live chat, Brandon Marsh, you ruined our spring training immersion. <laughs> well, hey, it's just practice, right? We're talking about practice. I mean, how important really is spring training? There are things you could take from spring training, but there's so many spring trainings that are just not necessary data points that you need to focus on. But when a guy shows increased velocity as a pitcher, it's definitely something to take a look at. I know that a guy like Brandon Marsh has been disrespected because he struck out a lot. But if you look at last season, it kind of surprised me. I've been working on my player rankings, my head-to-head rankings, which I'm getting so close to debuting. But I can't, I can't rush it out because I don't want it to be a half-assed job either, right? Putting together rankings and doing the proper research, it really takes a lot of time, especially in baseball, Talk about a ranking set of like 610, 615 players, okay? That's a lot of work. And I don't want to just throw it out there and say, well, here's a rough idea. I truly want to give it my all this year, and I'm very excited about that. That's putting it mildly. Maybe that is putting it mildly, but I definitely feel strongly about getting it right the first time. Marsh had a 372 OBP last year. He actually might surprise some people. Oh, hey, look at that. What did I do? How did I do that? I do this? Mm-hmm. I was really impressed when I was looking up Marsh's stats because I thought he really tailed off last year. And, you know, he got hurt and he did tail off, but he still ended up with a season that was not a total loss. And anytime a guy can have a 370 OBP or higher, pfft, that is definitely something you want to get a look at. And maybe consider adding to your squad, right? Uh, oh, no, what's this? Why? What the hell? I'm trying to pull up the player page for Brandon Marsh, but it says... Needs more playing time to qualify. Oh, he didn't qualify? Boo! Who gives a shit about that? That's lame. I don't care if people qualify or not. Boo! Buzzkill. All right, well, I'm not going to show you the player page here on the YouTube version. And those of you that are listening, you have no idea. Oh, maybe there's been a change over here. I like to use picture list player pages because they're really nice and organized. And they give you a quick snapshot and a very concise and 
proper way. That's putting it mildly. But uh, it's saying needs more playing time to qualify for every player I pull up. I just tried Trey Turner. I'm getting the same thing. What the hell's going on here? Uh, Jeff says, when does the podcast league start? I think we're looking at uh, next week. You know, it's Friday, February 9th. And I think we're ready to roll out the Plaza Podcast Invitational round four next week. I think we can get the first league going. I don't think it'll take that much effort to do it. So stay tuned to that. Of course, if you're in the Discord, I'll definitely drop the sign-up link in there. I'll put it on my Twitter, MJ Govier. Of course, the Plaza Podcast Twitter, two L's, two Z's. Utah. And you can Give me two. sign up. And as soon as we fill one league, the next one just rolls over and starts filling up. And then the draft usually starts maybe that night, depending on the time of day when the draft fills, or the next morning. And it's a two-hour clock. I think we've always done two, not four hours. So it's a slow draft, but not the slowest draft possible. Okay? Jeff, good to see you, my man. Jeff, by the way, is a friend of mine. He's a good dude. He knows how to run a bowl pool. He's really good at that. That's putting it mild. Eh? That is putting it mild. No, it's not. Actually, it's understanding it. He's excellent. I had a shitty bull pool myself this year. Not very good, but hey, you're not here for college football. I'm going to take baseball. So, Brandon Marsh will be out for a while. It's not do or die. You know, the situation as it goes right now in Philadelphia, he's definitely a dude who I, in OBP leagues, which is a league I prefer to play quite frequently, I prefer OBP leagues over batting average if I can get it. And Marsh is always a guy that I'd be targeting. Uncle Ted in the house. What up, Uncle T? There he is, Uncle Ted. Always bringing his true opinions. Never bullshitting anybody. Never thought twice. What's up, Uncle T? Good to see you in here. Uh, Jamie says, in deeper leagues, I'm sure he's valuable. Yeah, he is. You're right. That's fair. Uh, All right. Any other questions in the live chat, please throw them in there. And I'd love to hear what you got to say about baseball stuff. But as far as keepers, okay, so... What do you look at when you are making keeper choices? Now, keeper leagues and head-to-head situations, always, always, I'm kind of partial to hitters. Now, I will be clear on this. I usually don't play in the type of leagues where you match the round for the keeper. Like, I had a guy message me the other day, and he said, hey, should I keep Corbin Carroll round three or Spencer Strider, who I got in round 15? You know, you get to replace that pick. With Spencer Strider on round 15, that's, woo! I mean, that's awesome, right? That is something that you would really, really want to be a, genius, genius, genius. a part of. It would be really difficult to pass up on Spencer Strider. But I told him that I prefer the hitter because it was six-by-six six head-to-head cats. And he told me that uh, it's really tough to pass up that round 15 Strider. And I don't blame him. I just, pitchers and head-to-head, I feel like, depending on your league format, I can replace. You know, the type of leagues I play in, we can stream fairly well. Even though we have a capped season total of moves, we can stream enough pitchers where it's been useful to me up until the trade deadline. I'll stream for a while until I can max out my moves, but by the time the trade deadline rolls around in late July, depending on your league setup, then I'll trade for some starters and kind of switch my strategy up. So it's not just one strategy through the whole season, okay? I'll stream pitchers for as much as I can, blow out all my moves, and then make some deadline moves to shore up the starting pitching staff because in one week, I could use some starters because I can't stream a bunch in the playoffs, which we really limit that in my home league in BYB. Shout out to those guys. But we also can stream a lot during the regular season. So it's all about looking at what you can do to exploit the rules during the season and when that will end because it's not just universal. It's not just a season-long strategy. I think we talk a lot about that especially in this realm. Hey, it's our season-long strategy. This is what we're going to do. 
that's much different. You got to be able to shift and pivot and go to the strategy that will make most sense for you when things get more tighter, when the playoffs are do or die. And you had to have people out there know what I'm talking about because everybody's got a story. Everyone out there has played head-to-head, has lost in the playoffs after having a great regular season, and it just sucks. It sucks. Can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. It's a real bummer. Nightmare scenario. Uh, Chad in the live chat is saying, if you're extremely old offensively but a top contender, would you consider gut your offense for youth? See if it works and not tank hard as fuck for Roki. Roki Sasaki, the one true answer. Coming soon. Major League Baseball Stadium, near you, Roki Sasaki. Sasaki had it all, and then he wanted more. That's right, he took it up a notch, and he came to America to dominate on the mound. He sure did, and we'll see what happens next year. I don't know if, again, a guy like Roki Sasaki, his potential. I mean, if you don't know who that is, if you're watching the show, and you're like, hey, who's Roki Sasaki? It's a really talented young pitcher who would already love to come to America. Sasaki would love to be here now, but the way the posting system is designed, which I think is kind of bogus, it's set up between the teams in Japan and the teams in America, and there's some bullshit there, I think, about preventing younger players from going sooner because the Japanese leagues, not only do they want to hold on to that player for as long as they can, kind of similar to what we do here in Major League Baseball, where you're just stuck with the team forever until you hit free agency when you're 29 years old and maybe borderline ending on your prime. I don't really like the system we got here. I never have. I, I don't. We're going to get all in your face and point out your faults. Oh, yeah. When it comes to that shit, hell yeah, we're going to point out your faults. But, yeah, Sasaki's a guy who wants to come. Hopefully, he'll come next year for sure. I think it's going to be a done deal. And he's definitely somebody who's got a great repertoire. He's put up some stupid stats. I think the first time I ever saw a headline about Roki Sasaki was last year, I think. Well, he struck out like 19 guys and had like some legendary outing that really grabbed my attention. Maybe it was 2022, but either way, Sasaki, I could see why people would want to tank for him. The dude's got talent. And that's the kind of guy, you talk about keepers now, keeping Sasaki, who is in certain league draft pools. My dynasty league's on fan tracks. Sasaki's in the pool. And technically, he could have been drafted while I'm doing my first-year player drafts that are Still ongoing. I got one more first-year player draft in my current dynasty league that is finishing up. And he's in the pool. But our own constitution set up by our commissioner, all hail Robbie Baseball, who's a part of the Plotso podcast. Definitely follow Robbie on Twitter. Robbie Baseball 1 on Twitter. But you can't pick up guys like that because we have different free agencies set aside after the rookie draft and the first-year player draft. It's all very complex stuff that you don't care about because you're not in that league. But it's a good thought, Chad. It's a good thought. Chad also says, already moved Shohei the batter and Helsley for Parker Meadows. Ooh. Mason Wynn, Jung-Ho Lee, and Josiah Gray. So you move Shohei the batter and Helsley, the guy who ruined my life last year, Ryan Helsley, St. Louis Cardinals. Really screwed me last year, Helsley. Threw gas in 2022, and then in 2023, he was hurt a lot. How could not have seen that coming? Dang. Anyways, so you also got Parker Meadows, Mason Wynn, Jung-Ho Lee, and Josiah Gray. Remember Josiah Gray? Is this fastball still straight as hell that could be crushed easily in all baseball parks? It's uh, something to be concerned about. Uh, now looking at Olsen, Alonzo, and Springer on the chopping block. Wow, you're really cleaning your house over there, Chad. Uh, Jamie says, 
One wouldn't want to max out your moves. If you make the playoffs, what are you going to do then? Oh, well, when the moves are maxed out in the playoffs, I should mention, our head-to-head Cats Home League, BYB, we have two moves in the playoffs per week. That's it. So you get two moves, and those become so precious. And timing those out, it's all about the strategy of, hey, should I settle in and try to pick up a two-start streamer on Monday, maybe Tuesday? Also, if I had a bye week, this is one of the... This is, again, where you got to really look at your rules in your league and maximize and exploit the strategies and the ability to maximize return value for you in the moment. If I've had buys in that league before. So I get a first round buy, and then in the second round, before it takes place on Sunday night, I'm still given two moves even though I'm on a buy. They, they didn't remove that. I made the playoffs, so I'm entitled to two moves even though I didn't play anybody in the first round. So that's how you can really take advantage by having the buy in our league because you can use your two moves on Sunday night or or actually Saturday night at 3 a.m. when the clock ticks over. You guys all know what I'm talking about in Yahoo leagues. As soon as 3 a.m. on the East Coast hits, that's 12 o'clock Pacific. It's a new day. It's technically Sunday morning. So it's Saturday night, 3.01 a.m. I'm looking at because our moves, when we make moves in our league, they're for the following day. So it's Saturday night. Follow along here. It's Saturday night, late, but it's technically Sunday. I haven't gone to bed yet. And that move is for Monday. So I get two additional streamers if there's any on the free agent where I can add. Then I get my two moves for the week in addition starting on Monday. So it's these little, little holes, the loopholes and the wiggle room that you find and you can make for yourself. That make all the difference. So that's what I'm talking about there. Uh, Jamie says, what are your thoughts on Yamamoto? Took him in the best ball when he signed with the Dodgers, which happened during my draft. Yeah. How about him? How about Mr. Yamamoto? I got to tell you, there's tons of talk about him. But I still was not as familiar with him. I wasn't. Does that make me a bad person? Yoshinobu? Yoshinobu Yamamoto. He's 25 years old, 5'10". He's small. He's 5'10". Barely a buck 80. He's a smaller pitcher, no doubt about it. And while he has a lot of clout right now, there's a lot of pizzazz coming out of his tailpipe. Woo! He's bringing the noise. Don't fake the funk on a nasty dunk, right? Wow, dude. That's right. Uh, according to the projections this year, if you want to take a look at me, we'll pop in. On, I don't love projections. You guys who know this show, I'm not a huge projections guy, but, you know, I'll, I'll give it its due. I'll be fair. I'll be reasonable. Whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, wait. Where am I? There I am. Okay, down there. So these are the projections for 2024. The Bat, which is pretty well respected. You know, give me a shout out. Mr. Cardi himself. Shout Looks like every, wow. So the bat's got 137 innings this year. And then Zips is going 192. That's much bigger. Although Steamer's at 184 innings pitch. And then ATC, which is a composite. My guy, Ariel. Shout out to Ariel. What's up, Ariel? Got to talk baseball with Ariel soon. I miss Ariel Cohen. ATC is a, you know, aggregate, right? It puts all the projections together. And then you get a. Average, a median? I don't know. I'd have to ask him for sure what exactly that is. But that's at 168 innings pitch. So everybody seems to think he's not going to walk too many guys. Everybody's kind of high on his homers per nine, though. Everybody on this list. 
The lowest number for his homers per nine this season is 1.10. And that's happening twice with Zips and Zips DC. And then high end of that is 135 from Steamer. So something we want to be aware of this year as you look at what Yamamoto can do. Because I'm, I'm excited to see this guy pitch. I mean, Dodgers are really, really sharp. Everyone knows the Dodgers know what they're doing. They're legendary. They always get the best, almost the best, out of every player they've ever had. They make moves when it's time. After last year, saving the war chest up for a Shohei and Yamamoto. And they brought Tyler Glass now in. There's all kinds of moves that have made the Dodgers a better team today than they were a year ago, for sure. Uh, Chad says, speaking of the posting for next year, is it just me or is all the hype for Murakami disappeared? You know what? I'm stumped. You just stumped me, Chad. I don't know who Murakami is. You win. You win. I don't know everything. And when I don't know something, I'm going to tell you that. Can't do it. Well, no. If I can't talk about it, I can't talk about it. Bye, Felicia. Okay, fine. So, yeah, I'm excited about Yamamoto. I think he's getting very hyped up because he's a Dodger on a really good team. He should have a lot of wins barring injury. So if you play in wins leagues, that's definitely something you want to take advantage of. Quality starts. Dodgers are very particular, I feel like. You know, they're very hardcore in the analytics. They make their lineup decisions that come down from the front office quite frequently. I mean, Dave Roberts is a guy that has been there a long time, but is he more of a figurehead? Or is he just a really good locker room guy? It's less about him making the day-to-day lineups and pulling pitchers earlier or later, or is it about what Dave Roberts can do, you know, when it comes to personal touch? He's got great skills as a human being, and 162-game grind? Is long as hell, and you need somebody like Dave Roberts in the Dodgers who can trust, who can bring together a team through the peaks and the valleys. Of course, these are all cliches, but they're all part of a pretty typical Major League Baseball season. So, uh, oh, Chad says that's Japanese home run champ at age 22. Okay, thanks, Chad. Good to know. Let's all get to know Mr. Marakami. Jamie says draft him early, top five rounds, or even before that if you're drafting for Yamamoto. Depends on the type of league you're in, you know? A lot of specifics need to know. As you guys know this, we want to know specifics of every league that you are playing in. So when you ask a question, we can answer it as specifically as possible. Roto, head-to-head, cats, these are different animals. And how big is the league? 12-team, 15-team? You know, are you using quality starts? Are you not using wins anymore? Is it OBP league? Is it not betting average? All these things matter. And then your head explodes and you're like, why? My God, Why? Why God? Why? Try Bud Dry. Remember Bud Bowl? Remember Bud Dry was like the number one pick. That was so stupid. <laughs> Shit was so dumb. But I really, I really liked it. You know, Super Bowl commercials. I gotta say, it's that time of year. And when Bud Dry was the number one pick, was it Bud Bowl Seven? I can't remember. I remember being really sad. That's I hate commercials. I mean, I fucking hate commercials. I really do. I can't stand commercials. If you listen to our show on the audio side, you get my, <laughs> you know how I feel about commercials. When I do my little bumps before we go into the break on the audio side of things here at the Plotso Podcast. Utah. But give me two. I was young and impressionable when I was a kid. So when Bud Bowl was going down, I was really waiting for Bud Bowl every year as much as the Super Bowl. <laughs> I really was. I was big time into Bud Bowl. And then like Bud Bowl just kind of ended. It went away. That made me sad. But it wasn't as funny as the Frogs. The 1994 49ers Chargers Super Bowl. The Chargers got destroyed. Steve Young threw six touchdown passes, I believe. Right? Pretty sure he did. Finally got the monkey off his back, the Joe Montana monkey. (laughs) That's putting it mildly. But there was that commercial with the Budweiser frogs. And maybe you've heard the story. Maybe I've told the story already. (laughs) 
the Budweiser or Frogs commercial came on for the very first time ever. Remember, Bud Wines. Remember that? And <laughs> I laughed so hard. And I got caught while I was drinking a Coke and choked and laughed so much that I fucking threw up on the carpet. I did. I puked on my friends. I was at my friend's house for the Super Bowl. I puked on the carpet. That's embarrassing. That's putting it mildly. It's really embarrassing. It really happened. It was so stupid. That frog commercial just got me. You know, I was 13 years old, and it just hit me in the right spot. And I kind of ruined the whole night by puking all over the carpet there at my friend's Joel's house. Joel, if you're out there, if you're listening to the show, shout out to you, buddy. I miss you. Sorry about puking on your carpet when I was 13. I did not mean to do that intentionally. Plato Podcast will be right back after these very unimportant messages. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Oh, we got more questions here in the live chat. Uh, Chad says, uh, 12 to 14 team, if you get the turn, would you consider reaching for Adley at 2.1 instead of risking getting sniped in round three, considering he is above and beyond the rest of his position? I would. I drafted Adley Rutschman aggressively last year because he's such a unique offering at the catcher position, and I would do that again. I would. I really would. He's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. He's not a superpower guy. Don't expect the superpower numbers, but his ability to draw walks, get on base, and hit for average in a lineup that is just going to get better and better and better. I mean, Adley Rutschman, he'll ha- he's got Joe Maurer in him, except I do think maybe he could hit for a little more pop. I mean, they're not the same player exactly, but I don't think it's a crazy comparison to compare Maurer and Rutschman, right? I love Rutschman. I love Adley Rutschman. And that's why I drafted him so aggressively last year in combination in two catcher leagues with Tyler Stevenson, which was stupid because I fall for it every year. (laughs) Tyler Stevenson, when will I quit him? I think I finally quit him after last season. I've been drafting Tyler Stevenson nonstop for the last three years. I have. Waiting for him to be a guy who can hit 300 with 25 home runs, maybe 30 in that band box, but he just doesn't have that power. He doesn't. He's not able to lift the ball enough and put it out, even in that band box in Cincinnati. Damn you, Tyler Stevenson. Damn you to hell. Okay, sorry about that. You have failed. Well, he failed. I failed by drafting him. Maybe that's fair. Uh, Chad says, I was so happy last year when his ADP made him catcher five. Hell yeah. That was a great run. Adley. Hell yeah. Oh, and let's remember, says Chad, people thought... Fucking Varsho was better last year. I'm still dumbfounded by these people. <laughs> hey, I was a Dalton Varsho truther in 2021. Maybe early 2022 before it finally ended with me and Mr. Varsho. Now I don't even don't think about Dalton Varsho much at all. There was a moment where there was an opportunity. I remember he had a July there. Was that 2021 July? He had like an 11 home run stretch there. He really took off for the D-backs. And I was getting excited and... 
now we know where we are in 2024 with Dalton Varsho. Yeah, maybe not too many dicks, but definitely he's had enough chances in my opinion, and I don't think I want to be the guy who drafts him ever again. Don't be that guy. I won't. I won't. All right, uh, keepers. So I'm looking at my team. Let's pull up my team. Do you want to look at it? Would you look at it? I figured I would talk keepers by showing my squad. Again, this is head-to-head cats. Remember that it's five-by-five, but it's OBP instead of batting average, which is a key aspect that we all need to be aware of here. So let me pull this up. Okay, stand by in three, a two, one. There we are. Okay, you got my squad. Oh, let me make that sit. There we go. That's cleaner. Okay, I'll zoom that in a tad for you. There we go. Okay. So obviously, I got Ronald Acuna. I acquired Ronald Acuna in 2019, by the way, and I have never let go since. And you know what's funny about this? And I know JP who's the guy in my home league who traded me Acuna in 2019. I remember it was April 18th, April 20th, 2019. Acuna got off to a slow start in Atlanta in that first go around. And somehow I was able to pry Acuna away from JP for like a bunch of draft picks, Dylan Bundy. Uh, It was just I know that I probably changed him forever because he's not letting go of any of his players since that happened. Ever. He is locked in. He will. He can't trust, can't trust himself. It. He can't trust himself to let go of any of his young talent. And he hasn't really done it since. He's never made a trade like that since. I, I don't know how it happened, but I was able to get Ronald Acuna from him in that moment, and I'm never letting go. And especially after last year, obviously he's a locked-in keeper. That's not much of a debate. But we're keeping six this year, okay? So depending on your league... Again, whether you're doing it based on rounds where you can replace a keeper with a draft pick based on the round you got him in, or you just have a set number of keepers per year. We do a rotation. I think it's cool. It's one of the things. I got a lot of beefs with my home league, BYB, but I'm really, really down with the rotating aspect of the keepers we have each year. This year, we're keeping six. Last year, we kept eight. Next year, we'll go back up to eight. And then the year after that, we'll go up to 10. So it goes from six to eight to 10 in a three-year sp- stretch. And then you go back down. I like that. It's It varies the strategy each season. And it makes things just a little fresher, a little more unique. And I don't know, it keeps it interesting. It does. It really does. But we never go below six. This year, we're at six. So obviously, Ronald Acuna, I'm keeping him. I traded a... Mike Trout, Mike Trout, rest in power, rest in peace. I'm going to miss you, Mike Trout. You were a good man. You gave so much to my team over the years that you were on it. Mr. Dynamite! He was. Mike Trout was Mr. Dynamite. He was a hell of a player, and especially since we're OBP. I traded for Mike Trout in 2016 prior to the season. So let me take you back to 2016. When I traded for Trout, I traded Chris Bryant and George Springer. That was the deal. I gave up Springer and Bryant for Trout. It was a two-for-one. And that year, obviously, the Chicago Cubs would go on to win the World Series. We all know that. (laughs) Cleveland fans can get depressed now. Actually, I I was reading a chat in our Glarf chat earlier today, and Jake, the dustmite himself, Hallisker. What's up, Jake? See you shortly in Cleveland. 
I know you listen to the show. Jake uh, listens to every fantasy baseball show that exists, so I appreciate you always being around, Jake. You're a good dude. And uh, just take it easy on those glass tables. But uh, I felt for them because they were talking about how Cleveland really thought they had that World Series locked up in 2016, the Raji Davis homer, and then the rain delay, and then the Cubs won a World Series. But anyway, Chris Bryant was an MVP in 2016, and George Springer was just coming into his own. So that trade worked out for me because I got Trout, and that was prime Trout. And those years were good. And I won three titles with Trout over that span eventually, 20... 19, 2017, 2019, and 2020. Yeah. 17, 19, 20. Thank you, Mr. Trout. Could have done it without you. It was a trade well done. And that's what's cool about Keeper Leagues. you got this history that builds. And you keep players for years, and they become a part of your team. Man, I loved it. Uh, Chad says that Acuna India stand out to me so far. Wait, you would keep India? Chad, is that what you're telling me? Oh, my gosh, Chad. Chad also says uh, Bo and Rosarina probably make the cut as well. Six keepers. I'm keeping Acuna. I traded Mike Trout last year. That's why I brought up Trout. I finally sent Trout packing. And his replacement, the heir apparent, is now Bo Bichette. And boy, Bo Bichette is not somebody that I'm feeling great about. You know, I traded for him, and then he had that knee thing late in the season. My team totally fell apart. I had a really good regular season, and then all these injuries piled up. I mean, look at the roster here. For those of you that are watching on the YouTube, which you always can, YouTube provides you with more. You get visuals. That's always a bonus. Make sure you subscribe, like the video, blah, blah, blah. But I you know, I had Fraley. Of course, Buxton was hurt. And obviously, India fell apart when he was having that discrepancy with the Reds about whether he should have come back right away. The plantar fasciitis, his heel, that was all screwed up. So all these injuries piled up here, and it just kind of crushed me. Even... On the pitching side here, I was waiting on Brandon Woodruff to come back. When he came back, he was great. And then we all know that Sandy Alcantara passed as a viable starting pitcher late last year. And he won't be a part of 2024, which makes me very sad. I love you, Sandy. I'm going to miss you this year. That's putting it mildly. It is putting it mildly. I love Sandy Alcantara. But, so it's Acuna right now. I got to keep Bichette. I traded Trout. And even if Bichette disappointed me, he's certainly a top six keeper in head-to-head cats on this team. So it's Acuna. It's Bichette. It's I'm definitely on the pitching side. Again, I told you how I guys how I feel about pitchers and head-to-head cats, but that doesn't mean I won't keep a really valuable pitcher. Like Garrett Cole's been on my squad for three years. I've kept him multiple seasons, and I'm going to keep him again. I got to. It's Garrett Cole. I mean, you can't. I'm not passing it up. So it's Acuna, Bichette, and Cole for sure, and Brandon Woodruff. I got I got I think I got to keep Woodruff too. I really do. I don't know how I can pass on Woodruff. He's in his prime. Yes, he got hurt last year. It happens, but I'm expecting that this may be his best season yet. Or he's going to just get hurt again and he might be falling apart. That is the risk here. Chad says that uh, Eflin is close, but I don't think he can repeat what he did that which is what he did last year. I love Zach Eflin. I drafted Eflin Oh, Sound Money says, Sandy Alcantara passed? R.I.P. Well, he's no longer viable as a pitcher because he had Tommy John. So that's what I meant, Sound Money. You know that. You know what I meant, dude. Wow, dude. But, yeah, I got to keep Woodruff, I think. So that's four. Acuna, Bichette, Cole, Woodruff. That leaves two. Utah. Utah. Two left. Give me two. So of these two, 
I don't keep closers. Alexis Diaz was awesome last year, but I just don't keep closers in head-to-head cats. You know how late I got Alexis Diaz last year in this draft? He was a guy who was an easy afterthought coming into the season. So I want to look for another Alexis Diaz type in 2024. There's always somebody. There always is. Every year in, in this league, I can draft a closer that nobody's targeting or not thinking about as much in my league. And yes, Jordan Romano's on my squad. He's been an elite closer. He had a rough go last year. Still had 36, se- 36 saves last season. I mean, his final stat line looks great, but he wasn't always there for me in crucial parts of the season. And that's when your playoffs in a head-to-head cat situation really matters. It really does. So, not keeping Romano, not keeping Diaz. I really like Bobby Miller, but this is six keepers. Remember, it's this is a 14-team league. If I didn't say that, by the way, sorry. That's really important information. 14-team league. I got to keep six. If you go by just, okay, there's 14 teams, 14 times six. Do the math. So that's basically what, like the top 84 players? Am I doing my math right there? I'm not sure. I'm kind of dumb, right? I believe it's 84. 14 times 6 is 84! Yeah! Thank you, Jesus! I still got it, man. Still got it. But, yeah. So that's you got to kind of look in that context, too. Obviously, potential of what a player could be this year, that's another key aspect of making keeper choices. Chad says in the live chat, Woodruff will be 32 and a half when he pitches again in 2025. Wait, what? Are you saying he's not going to pitch? He's already done? (laughs) You're calling it? You're calling he's going to be a failure? Jamie says, I'd rather have Bobby Miller, LOL. Oh, okay. I love Bobby Miller. And Chad says, zero reason to keep Woodruff. And it pains me as a Woodruff top three SP truther. Yeah, I'm sure it does. I'm sorry, Chad. I know this isn't easy for you, so I appreciate you hanging in there. Because you know what? Woodruff is so good for the ratios, and when he's on, he's on. He's usually on most of the time. Woodruff is a special pitcher, and he's still got it. I'm not as concerned he falls off this year, So, but this is the risk. When we're talking keepers, you know what I'm talking about. Do I project for the season to come? How can I project for the season to come? What do you look at? You look at Woodruff's age, he's not that old, and he didn't lose any velocity as far as I could tell when he was healthy, right? Everything was looking good? I think it was. So I'm thinking I got no problem with keeping Woodruff. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I need you during this difficult time. So that leaves us with two spots. We got four as of right now. And this is also subject to change. If I kept Bobby Miller over Woodruff, first off, Maybe I'm playing in the ADB trap here. Maybe I am. Because Woodruff's the veteran presence who's been a highly drafted pitcher in fantasy baseball for many years now versus Bobby Miller, the up-and-comer for the Dodgers. He's on a really he's going to be on a really good team. The Dodgers love Bobby Miller. Bobby Miller showed real incredible brilliance and flash at times last season. He certainly has all the tools. And he is a competitor. Bobby Miller's a competitor. He's a dog. He's getting after it, right? He's not screwing around. He wants to get the job done on the mound. I really trust I trust his ability. And I respect what you guys are saying in the live chat. I do. I do. That was really helpful, you guys. Thank you. It was. It was helpful. But I just don't think I can keep Miller over Woodruff just yet. If it was eight keepers, I'd love to keep Miller. But I think with my top six keepers, I don't know if I can keep Miller. Uh, Chad says, I'm surprised this escaped your knowledge, Govier. Am I a moron? Holy shit. Am I a fucking idiot? 
Oh my God, I'm going to sound like the biggest asshole. My credibility is shot. So it's over. Woodruff's out for the season. I had no idea. Oh my God, I'm the biggest asshole ever. Fuck me. Shit. God damn it. How did I miss this? When did it happen? When did it happen? See, this is what happens when you're stoned. I'm really stoned, apparently. Damn it. I can't believe I missed this. When did that, uh, when did the, when did this happen, guys? Tell me! Yeah, I'm really embarrassed right now. I'm just going to have to eat it. I need Jesus more than ever right now. Thank you, Jesus! Yeah, where were you? Where were you on that one, Jesus? I need you more than ever. Okay, so, uh, clearly I'm not keeping Woodruff, so I can't undo this. This is a live show. And I know I'm going to bring in the viewers after what I just did. <laughs> no shot at Keith Miller either because a six-man rotation could burn you in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I totally missed that. I missed the deal there. With Burns gone, one could assume that Woodruff would be the SP1 there. Yeah, apparently. But apparently since he's out for the year, Chad's telling me, and I didn't know that. I'm not going to keep Miller either. I don't want to keep Miller. It's not the kind of guy I keep in head-to-head cats. It's just not. And I've won league titles. My reputation speaks for itself, so... I made the Woodruff blunder, and I'm going to have to live with it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right? Oh. That was in October. That's why I missed this. So clearly I was napping. This is research. I can't believe that somehow I just didn't hear about that, though. Man, it's blowing my mind right now. My head is going to explode. All right, so we got three keepers. I'm definitely not keeping Woodruff. Day. Um, and I'm not going to keep Zach Eflin because I'm worried about his injuries concerns. He had 177 innings pitched, as you can see right here. But he had and he has had injury problems throughout his career. Have the Rays been able to solve that? I mean, he had the back issue last year. They put him on the shelf a little bit, and it flared up a few times, but he still got 177 innings pitched, and that is not common for Zach Eflin. In fact, do you know how many times he has actually pitched 177 innings in a season outside of last year? The answer would be zero. Zero! That's right, zero. Uh, There are no... I can't trust it. I can't trust it. I just can't. I cannot put myself in the hands of Zach Eflin this year. I loved what he did last year, and I love what he can do when he's healthy, but I'm concerned about the injury risk, so... That leaves us at three right now. Acuna, Cole, Bichette. That means I'm probably going to keep a Rose Arena for OBP. He had a 364 OBP last year. He's been pretty reliable. He's a 2020 guy, borderline 30-30. If he could just lift the ball over the fence a little bit more often. I really thought last year was going to be Randy Rose Arena's big year, and it wasn't. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to keep him this year. Also, Seiya Suzuki. Seiya Suzuki's ascending. He really improved last year. We saw more power from Seiya. He got a little bit more comfortable. Cranked up his OBP over 350 for the season. That's great in my league because we're doing OBP. So if we're looking at Acuna, Bichette, Garrett Cole, a Rose Arena. Does that mean I'm going to keep Suzuki and Spencer Steer? Spencer Steer is on this roster, and I love Spencer Steer. Spencer Steer has added all these positions So now he's got the flexibility to put him in multiple areas of our lineups. And in this league, in this league, my home league, we actually have left, center, and right field. Yeah, not just outfield spots. So having Spencer Steer and his flexibility at multiple positions, of course, coming right out in his rookie year and just being an OBP dude, I expect him just to get better. I really do. I love him last year. 
I don't love him any less. I know sophomore slumps. He'll learn a few lessons. It could get tough at times this year. But I believe in Steer's overall profile. When a guy can just come in and do what he did, it's kind of like Jonathan India. Same team. Jonathan India came right in a couple years ago, and he won Rookie of the Year, and he impressed. But he hasn't done what he did since his rookie year. But does that mean Spencer Steer's Jonathan India? No. Doesn't mean that they're that much similar or that much different either. But I think I got to keep Steer because I love a guy like that. OBP is my baseline in this league. OBP is what keeps me going. If things get rough and certain guys struggle, it's the OBP guys that can keep the floor on my fantasy team during the weeks where other guys aren't hitting as many dongs and driving in as many runs or getting much contact. But if they could draw those walks, it salvages and saves some of the awfulness that comes from a crappy week in head-to-head cats, right? Lock that in. Uh, Chad says, you were a good enough drafter to get pitchers in the draft a good value. Yeah, definitely. Especially in this draft. Yeah. He's out for the year and he's a free agent. So, yeah, I totally blew it on that. I'll have to live with that for the rest of my life. In fact, tell everybody. I want everybody to know I screwed up and I didn't know that. Tell the world now. Chad says, I'd keep Cole and stay bats the rest of the way. Right now, it looks like Cole would be the only guy I keep. I agree. And the reason that is is because he's certainly trustworthy. But like I said, Bobby Miller is good. Bobby Miller is actually really the big question mark here. We got 124 innings out of Bobby Miller last year. And he's only going to get better. And yes, the Dodgers have a six-man rotation. But Bobby Miller is also the kind of guy that in head-to-head cats keeper leagues, I like to move. I want to move him possibly at the deadline. So if he really takes off and goes even further into the stratosphere Bobby Miller does in 2024, then I'll have no problem trading him for a team that'll be looking to retool for 2025 towards the deadline, looking for a young guy like Bobby Miller who's talented and also will have eight keepers next year. So that's two more spots where Miller could fit in, right? So, hmm, this is going to be tough. This is going to be real tough. I think Miller over Eflin is not a bad call at all. And I think it is a really interesting one, though. I think Miller versus Eflin as a keeper is a very fascinating argument. No doubt about it, right? I mean, Miller throws hard as hell. Who knows when the elbow could pop? His elbow could pop tomorrow, right? But that's a lot of pitchers who throw hard. It's inevitable. All right. So there it is. Uh, Acuna. Bichette. Cole. Steer. Rosarina. Suzuki. Five bats in one pitcher. I think, I think I feel good about that. I'd love to keep Jake Fraley because, obviously, he's OBP. Rock solid. Ty France, my one true love, totally fell off the face of the earth. I can't trust to keep Ty France as a top six keeper this year. I'm not doing that. Especially Seattle's just not a place where the offense grows on trees. We know that as well. Uh, Chad says, uh, listen, you live down trusting Starling Marte. You can live with this one down, chin up. <laughs> I trust Starling Marte when he was healthy. He was stealing bags last year. And then he said, I've had enough. I'm going to bed. He got a migraine, but he had a groin surgery. I don't know how migraine relates to groin surgery with Starley Marte, but what do I know? I'm not a doctor. Chad says, Miller on talent for sure. The six-man rotation is just brutal for fantasy, though. Yeah. Fair enough. Jamie says, you're a busy man. That's why you didn't see that information. Well, you guys are very kind. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 
It's really nice to have friends like you guys. That was really helpful, you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, uh, that's going to do it because uh, I'm going to Cleveland for the Glarf draft. Really glad I found out about Brandon Wood. <laughs> I told you guys I wasn't fully prepared to draft yet. If that's not a shining example that I wasn't ready, holy shit, I don't know what was. In fact, I'm really glad it happened. In fact, I'm even glad it happened live because I'm a human being. I make mistakes. Never must try to cover up their mistakes on social media and be perfect 24-7. Fuck that shit. I'm a human being. I make mistakes all the time. All these things are happening simultaneously. Didn't know the information on Woodruff. Still no fantasy baseball. Win leagues. Have to do more work. I'm not prepared. All four of those things are happening simultaneously, my friends. That's putting it All right, so thanks for being here. A little chat about keepers, what I look at, how I look at it. I hope it was helpful for you guys here. Other questions about keepers, put them in the comments on the video after the fact. And jump in the Discord. The description has the link. We got everything you need. It's all covered 24-7. Glad to help. Really want to ratchet up the fantasy baseball talk here. Remember, Plotso Podcast Invitational is kicking off next week. Get ready to do that. 15-team, Roto, 50-round draft and hold. No in-season commitment, so you just do the draft, and then you just set your lineups during the season. Nothing else is required of you. It's almost best ball. It's the next best thing, right? Okay. Uh, Chad says... You are losing like five to six in season starts at minimum and could get zero starts in a playoff week with Miller in a six-man rotation. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. This has been a good uh, discussion. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for being here. Thanks to Chad, Jamie, everybody in the live chat, everybody who's watching right now. (laughs) Brandon Woodruff, 2024. I think I'm going to make a T-shirt about Brandon Woodruff because we don't have any merch. I mean, we're so overdue for merch, and this would be a great time to kick that off, wouldn't it? Maybe that's going to happen. All right. I'm off to Cleveland. Coming to see my boys, the Rotosaurus boys. Jake and Dave and Maddie and Sarah Sanchez, Jenny Butler. I mean, we got so many people there. Mike Carter, my guy. Can't wait to see everybody at Glarf. I'll have some updates when I'm there. Thank you for being here. Plotso Podcast, two L's, two Z's. I'm Michael Govier. You talk. I'll be on Twitter. I'm Jake Govier. Me too. Everybody, thanks for being here. I'll catch you guys in Cleveland. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.